Hi, this is Jeff Richards from Japan This Week. We'll dive into the news in just a few moments, but first, I know that if you're listening to this podcast, you're interested in Japan, and perhaps you might be interested as well in living and working here. Well, there's a little information you might find useful. Our sister site, Gaijin Pot, has job listings open to people from all over the world, so if you are interested in working here, you can check it out at jobs.gaijinpot.com. I'll have a little more information on it later in the show, but for now, let's get back to the week's headlines. Ousted Nissan boss Carlos Ghosn has been released from the Tokyo Detention Center after posting a whopping 1 billion yen in bail. A couple was arrested after leaving their three-year-old daughter with severe burns at home while they went out to go gambling. Tokyo Governor Yuriko Koike is receiving some very harsh social media backlash, but not about economic policy or the upcoming 2020 Olympics. We'll tell you what that's all about later in the show. Yokohama has been rated the most desirable place to live in the Kanto area, beating Tokyo for the second year in a row. And in a week where we mark the anniversary of the Tohoku earthquake, a banner has been unfurled at the busy Shibuya Crossing intersection, marking how high the tsunami waves would have reached had it hit Shibuya. All this, plus Japan Today readers' comments and commentary, so stick around. Hi, I'm Jeff Richards, and welcome once again to Japan This Week, a quick recap of stories we've been following on the Japan Today website. It's Friday, March 8th, 2019. Well, in our first story this week, ousted Nissan boss Carlos Ghosn was finally released on March 6th from the Tokyo Detention Center where he's been held after posting a whopping 1 billion yen in bail. 1 billion yen is about 9 million US dollars. Gone has been in detention for 108 days since his arrest last November 19th on charges of aggravated breach of trust and underreporting his salary by about 9 billion yen or 80 million dollars at Nissan for nearly a decade. Gone, who left the detention center in a Suzuki minivan, not a fancy limo, and was dressed in some strange attire. A grayish construction worker's jumpsuit, a sky blue cap, a white surgical mask, and looking something like a large crossing guard. He's denied the charges and had unsuccessfully applied for release on bail twice previously. But last month he replaced his defense team with a high powered lawyer nicknamed the Razor for his success at winning acquittals in several high profile cases here in Japan. The lawyer, whose real name is Junichiro Hironaka, made the third bail appeal for Gon, offering a series of conditions to which the Tokyo District Court agreed. Now, some of these include 24 hour video surveillance of who comes and goes at Gon's residence, he must surrender his passport and remain in Japan, he cannot have contact with anyone connected with his case or any senior Nissan employee, he can use a personal computer at his lawyer's office, but not the internet or send emails, and he can only use a cell phone with no internet connection. But there is one bizarre concession by the court. Gone can attend Nissan board meetings since he is still a director, courtesy of Nissan's largest shareholder, French auto company Renault. The next meeting is scheduled for April, at which time the company will decide on a new chairman, which was Gone's job before he was arrested. 
Another possible factor in the court's decision to grant bail is that two days prior to Gon's release, lawyers representing his family submitted a dossier to a United Nations panel claiming his rights had been violated during detention in Japan. Prosecutors appealed against Gon's latest request for bail, saying the conditions of release were not satisfactory to them. A senior prosecutor said the presence of a surveillance camera at Gon's residence will not prevent him from meeting people with ties to the case outside. They also said he could borrow a mobile phone or computer from someone else and use the internet. Gon's trial is expected to begin sometime in June. Now let's hear what Japan Today readers have to say about this ongoing story. Yubaru says, The case has cast a harsh light on Japan's criminal justice system, which allows suspects to be detained for long periods and prohibits defense lawyers from being present during interrogations that can last eight hours a day. Seems to me that the court here arbitrarily sets bail based upon the amount of money the defendant has in their possession and not based upon the alleged crime that they are charged with. Well, nine million yen in bail? I'm pretty sure Gon can afford that. It'll be a hit, but the high bail is designed to keep him in place. But I hear you, Ibaru. Jenny Scheibel adds, If there isn't enough evidence to convict someone, then there should not be a long period of detention. Just about every civilized country in the world understands this and carries out criminal justice accordingly. Every civilized country, it seems, except Japan. Well, some valid points, and yes, he is innocent until proven guilty. We'll just have to wait and see how things pan out at the trial and how the razor cuts it. What do you think? Visit the story or reach out to us at podcast at japantoday.com. Well, turning to crime, sadly, in the headlines this week, once again, we have another child abuse case to report. Police in Yokohama have arrested a 22-year-old woman and her 21-year-old live-in boyfriend after they left her 3-year-old daughter suffering from severe burns at home while they went out to play pachinko, a form of gambling here in Japan. According to police, the mother, Kaho Hashimoto, and her boyfriend, Satoshi Tanaka, have been charged with failure to seek medical treatment for the girl. Police said that Hashimoto has denied abusing her child and quoted her as saying she mistakenly made the water too hot while giving her a shower at around noon on March 4th. Hashimoto and Tanaka then left the girl alone in their apartment and went out to play pachinko. The girl's five-year-old brother was at home and he wandered outside and went to a neighbor's house. He said his sister was hurt and his mother wasn't at home. The neighbor contacted police who came to the apartment and found the girl semi-conscious with a plastic wrap covering her burns. Hashimoto and Tanaka were arrested after they returned home at around 8 p.m. Now remember, they left at noon to go play pachinko. They didn't return until 8. Police said the girl will require three months in hospital and that a medical examination indicated the burns were more severe than could have been caused by hot water and that they may have been inflicted over a couple of days. Japan Today reader Do the Hustle comments. If it's not bad enough this callous pair burned her, they then turn around and lie about it with a cockamamie excuse. And they are pachinko addicts who leave their kids unattended. They are lower on the chain of evolution than pool scum. Well, you're not mincing any words there, do the hustle. And I'm pretty sure there's other people that agree with you. Concerned Citizen says, There is nothing more devastating than for a child to feel unloved and unwanted by their parents. Even worse, to be hurt by them. Amen. While Charlie Summers adds, My heart goes out to the little girl. After her hospitalization, I hope she is placed in a home where she will be treated with love. No punishment is too severe for the mother and boyfriend. They are monsters. And I hope her five-year-old big brother goes with her, Charlie. Let's hope the authorities do what they can to keep them together. 
let us know your thoughts at podcast at japantoday.com. Let's move to politics. There's always a lot to talk about in politics here in Japan, but this week we have something a little different for you. Tokyo Governor Yuriko Koike has many political, social, and economic issues she has to deal with, but this past week she's found herself on the receiving end of some harsh criticism from the public on social media. What did she do? Well, after the annual Tokyo Marathon finished on March the 3rd, Koike was there to congratulate the winner, an Ethiopian runner. She placed the winner's medal around his neck, then stood back and put her hands in the pockets of her jacket. Bear in mind, this was happening outside on a rainy day with a temperature around 6 degrees Celsius. Unfortunately for Koike, placing your hands in your pockets, whether a jacket or pants, is considered an extremely casual posture by traditional Japanese etiquette standards. Some of the angry remarks left on Twitter included things like, No common sense on her part. If your hands are too cold to leave outside your pockets, then wear gloves. Or, Absolutely unbelievable. Or, when you're up on stage at a ceremony, you take your hands out of your pockets. They teach you that before your elementary school graduation ceremony. Even before the social media backlash, Koike was asked about her hands-in-pockets conduct by reporters following the award ceremony, and she admitted it had been inappropriate. I apologize, that was rude of me, the governor said. Well, here's what Japan Today readers said. Marcelito writes, Some people really whine about the smallest things. Get real. Yep, in a nutshell, I would agree. Cricky laments, And that is the level of intellectual discourse the media have sunk to and the masses? There are a plethora of other more pressing things that need reporting other than the hands in pockets on a cold day. That's probably the sanest comment I have read all day. And Ali Rustam wonders, if Koike can be criticized for that, how about Prime Minister Abe and Aso being criticized for sleeping in Parliament all the time? Well, I would agree. I think that's pretty rude, too. What do you think? Let us know at podcast at japantoday.com. Now, at the beginning of the show, I promised to give you a little more useful information for those listening who might be interested in working here in Japan. We know you must be interested in the country as you're listening to the podcast, so let me just tell you quickly about our sister site, Gaijin Pot Jobs. Gaijin Pot Jobs has opportunities in IT, sales, marketing, education, travel and tourism, and many others open to you no matter where you are on this planet. You can visit the site at jobs.gaijinpot.com and find a position that's perfect for you on Japan's number one job board, jobs.gaijinpot.com. Our next story actually comes from the lifestyle section, but it's been very popular on Japan Today, especially given how everything we report on this podcast is very Tokyo-specific. The Kanto region of Japan is composed of seven prefectures. Let's start with a little geography. Chief among them, of course, is Tokyo. The others are Gunma, Tochigi, Ibaraki, Saitama, Chiba, and Kanagawa. Now, you can think of those as very, very small states, I guess, in the equivalent of their governance. Well, real estate information site Suumo conducted a survey of 7,000 people asking them which city in the Kanto area is the place where they would most like to live. The answer was Yokohama in Kanagawa for the second year in a row, and not, odds-on favorite, Tokyo. Some reasons given include it's a beautiful bayside city with lovely waterside views, lots of museums, plentiful shopping, a plethora of delicious eateries, 
uh, because a famous podcast host lives there, and many others, really, with so many fun things to do there, so many activities, so many ways to entertain yourself outside and in the shops and restaurants, and a relatively better work-life law balance, Yokohama is and has been especially popular for people in their 20s. Plus, while the Minato Mirai area near the port of Yokohama is usually the most visited spot in the city, Yokohama Station itself has done some remodeling around the area, which has made it much more family-friendly and might be why it was the most desirable city to live in for people in their 20s, 30s, and 40s. And considering that Yokohama is also going to get a moving life-size Gundam in 2020, it's really not surprising at all that it would be the most desirable city for living in the Kanto area. If you don't know what a Gundam is, they are giant science fiction robots. We've got statues of them all over the place. There's one at Odaiba, but this one, it's actually going to move which kind of freaks me out a little bit. Japan Today reader Yokohama Rides naturally agrees. 30 minutes to Tokyo and only a 30-minute train ride to the beaches near Kamakura and Zushi, Yokohama is a great place to live. Hear, hear, I second that. Davinda says Yokohama certainly has a nice feel about it and lots of great restaurants and bars with many jibiru, or craft beer, pubs as well. I heard about the life-size Gundam and it sounds pretty cool. Too bad it won't be ready for the Rugby World Cup. Aha, forgot about that. The Rugby World Cup final will be hosted in Yokohama. And you know what? I have to agree with all these comments. It is a great place to live. Yokohama is a great place to live. We all know that. It's been voted number one. But where do you think the best place to live is in Tokyo or in Japan? Let us know at podcast at japantoday.com. Finally, in national news, we remember a day of tragedy that happened eight years ago. A big banner put up by Yahoo Japan is now hanging down the side of a building that overlooks Shibuya's iconic scramble crossing here in Tokyo to remind people of the tsunami that devastated Miyagi, Iwate, and Fukushima prefectures in the Tohoku region on March 11, 2011, claiming more than 18,000 lives. And the effects still continue to this day. There's a red line on this banner. It's 16.7 meters up and indicates the highest recorded wave height that happened in Ofunato City in Iwate Prefecture. Below the line, a message reads in Japanese, Although the Heisei era, 1989 to 2019, will be coming to a close as we move forward into a new period, let us never forget what happened on that day. Now, just as an aside, Japan has eras which are named after ruling emperors. The current emperor is stepping down this year, so we will be having a new era when his son comes to the throne. Now, the banner will stay up until March 14th. A Yahoo Japan spokesperson said the company decided to place the banner in a popular gathering spot for young people, showing them where the tsunami would have hit had it been in Shibuya. Well, Japan Today readers remember that day too. Zone to Surf remarks, I appreciate the poster, but I don't think people passing through Shibuya will probably pay much attention to it. For my part, every March 11th, I force myself to watch videos of that day, to remember that horrific feeling we all had as we witnessed what unfolded that day and in the days that followed, and to remember the raw power on display as the tsunami rolled in, obliterating everything in its path. Yes, those videos are um, pretty horrific to watch, and they do bring back a lot of memories for people that were here at the time. Toasted Heretic says, I find it hard to watch footage of that day, and I almost never look up in Shibuya anymore, but I'll keep an eye out for it next time I'm there. Hard to believe it's been eight years already. 
You know, I, I agree with you, Toasted. I find it very hard to watch those videos from the tsunami, but I am a little concerned that you don't notice a banner placed in the busiest intersection in the world precisely to drive the point home to make the tsunami seem real. You should look up. That's what the crossing is all about. Millions of people from around the world come to Tokyo, come to Shibuya just to visit that crossing and look up. And as far as raising awareness about the reality of 3.11 and the work that still needs to be done, things are looking up. What do you think? Let us know at podcast at japantoday.com. And that was a quick recap of the news from Japan This Week for Friday, March 8th, 2019. Thanks to the Japan Today editors for curating this week's stories, and thank you to all of our listeners out there for continuing to tune in. You can find links to all of the news mentioned in this podcast in the show notes. Since the news from Japan never stops, you can, and you should, visit the Japan Today website anytime at japantoday.com, or follow us on Twitter at at japantoday for all of the breaking stories. You can also follow us on Instagram at the handle japantodaynews. You can get Japan This Week wherever you get your podcasts from. You can leave us a rating or review on Apple or Google Podcasts. That would really help out. From the Japan Today newsroom at G Plus Media in Tokyo, I'm Jeff Richards. And join us again next week for a quick recap of Japan's biggest and smallest stories. Sayonara, folks. (laughs) 